Welcome home. This is Audio EXP for the 3rd of April 2021. And the title of this episode is $150,000 Star Wars Watches. I'm struggling to accept that it's April 2021. We're already in the second quarter of the year. It feels like only last month that I was going to work in the office, but that was over a year ago. But I don't want to linger too much on reality. Let's start our recap of the highlights of geeky news and discoveries. In fact, let's start by wondering about intelligent life on planet Earth. Do you think we will find life smarter than dolphins down in the unexplored depths of our oceans? An octopus, perhaps? They are fiercely intelligent. Well, last year, Geek Native was giving away the card game Get a Bit, where your robot is trying to outswim a hungry shark. And I asked this question as the entry mechanic. 58% of people don't think we'll discover anything more intelligent than dolphins in the oceans, and 43% believe we will. I know that's 101%, but I'm rounding halves up. Geeks are even clearer. Only 40% of geeks thought we'll find any creature that was more intelligent than the dolphin down there. There are many competitions live on the site right now, and I'll mention the latest at the end of the podcast. And as I said, it's the start of the month, and with the convention calendar on Geek Native sneaking towards its first birthday, I've been trying to do a brief monthly summary posts of the events coming up. And the call-out event for this week has to be Star Trek First Contact Day. The 5th of April in Star Trek canon is when humanity made first contact. And now it will be a free virtual event held on StarTrek.com. It will have celebs from the show and behind-the-scenes camera experts. There are six panels in total, but panel one has Patrick Stewart and a special announcement as well as a presentation. My guess is that it's season two for Picard. And if you're more of a Star Wars fan, then I have very different news for you. For the first time ever, you can get your hands on the screen-used Kyber crystal props from Rogue One. You know, those are the crystals that enable the Death Star super laser to work. These props have never before been offered to the public. The catch? You need a Death Star of your own. The crystals come with it. And there are 10 of these Death Star watches from the Swiss watchmaker Cross Studio, and each one costs $150,000. I decided not to run this story on April Fool's Day, for obvious reasons. If you are super rich, and a geek native listener, and a Star Wars fan, then these wrist-sized Death Stars seem tailor-made for you. The rest of us can look at the pictures on the blog, as that may be as close as we ever get. Or, if you prefer to watch fantasy rather than sci-fi, then there's mixed news about the anime Black Clover. It has officially finished, even though the anime didn't get to the end of the plot, and it seemed to be doing well. It was really popular outside of Japan, but maybe that's not enough to keep an anime alive. The good news is we will see a feature-length animated movie coming, and I hope this continues the story. I enjoyed the series, and I want to see how it ends. So if that means watching a movie every year or so, then so be it. One last bit of anime news, one a bit closer to Geek Native, 
is Edinburgh-based author Dave Cook has announced that his comic book series Killtopia will get an anime. Killtopia is a I know, Blade Runner meets Fortnite story as bounty hunters compete for fame and humanity is crippled by a virus. A startup called Voltaku will use machinima techniques with the Unreal Engine to turn Killtopia into an anime. And Machinima was pioneered here in Edinburgh too by Hugh Hancock before his untimely death. I was actually due to meet Hugh on the day he died, but that's another story. I hope Killtopia is successful for Vitaku. It may clear the way for more cost-effective comic book to anime conversions. We can even stay with TV as we segue back to the realm of RPGs. Last week, we talked about the D&D TV show. The guy writing that, Derek Kolstad, wrote the latest episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. But it's not D&D TV in the news this week. Onyx Path Publishing has a TV series in development. Which game, do you think, is getting the treatment? It's not any of the World of Darkness games, and Onyx Path have even edged away from memories of Kindred the Embraced. No, the Onyx Path RPG that caught the attention of Jenkins and Tate Entertainment is Scion. Scion is a game in which players are awakening gods. It spans several books with hero, demigod and gods being the focus of the first three, and with expansions adding in dragons and Cthulhu mythos-style entities and similar. You know the deal. You're trying to hold on to your job flipping pancakes while also dealing with the fact that you may be Aphrodite, the goddess of beauty and pleasure. The terminology is important with the Onyx Path announcement. Firstly, I checked to make sure it wasn't an April Fool's, and it doesn't appear to be. Secondly, the word used is developed, which is a better word than optioned, but not as good as in production. An option game simply means someone has paid for the first refusal. Nightfall got Slay optioned years ago, and we've heard nothing since. But perhaps the process was enough to hook them into the Terminator license. A TV series in production is getting at least one episode unless something goes off the rails, but shows still have to get through the pilot episode. The nameless See on TV show is in development, and that means paid people are working on it. And that's probably concepts and scripts, and they need to be pitched to an entertainment company who might then be persuaded to buy it. So, I guess all I'm saying is that Onyx Path isn't blowing smoke at us. They have real news, and it's pretty exciting. But I wouldn't expect to see Sion on TV anytime soon. I think it's a wise choice for a TV show, though. As it's contemporary, it will be much cheaper to make than a fantasy or sci-fi. And I imagine Onyx Path took whatever finance deal they were offered, rather than set the terms like Paradox might do for the World of Darkness series. And this week's overlapping screen-based entertainment and tabletop RPGs news section also contains Modifius, opening for pre-orders on the Fallout 2D20 RPG. As promised, it is a game where you can play a survivor, or even a Mr. Handy robot, a super mutant, or a ghoul. The core rules will cost you £38 for the hardback, and the limited special edition comes in at £140. Nuka-Cola caps are a thing now. We've mainly got pack shots, and I'm not sure we've seen much of the interior art yet. Free League Publishing has news too. 
They've announced that their dark fantasy Simbarome is getting a 5e conversion. And they've called that game Ruins of Simbarome. Make of that what you will. And yes, it will be a Kickstarter due for little over a week now on April the 13th. But Onyx Path, Medifius and Free League, they're all big publishers in our little pond of RPG goodness. What about some of the smaller guys? Well, as of the start of the month, we have a new RPG publisher spotlight for patrons to vote on. The publisher who won this month is LPJ Design, and they won it in a dice-off against Nightfall Games. You can see a video of that deadly dice roll on Instagram, and if you are in the Geek Native Discord as a patron, you can send me questions to ask LPJ in the private patron channel. Let's quickly run through the five candidates for May. They are Second Dynasty, Michael Mars, Fox Games, Frontier Gaming, and Tactus Publishing. You know, whenever I hear Tactus, I still think of Pierce Brown's Red Rising series, which starts off with red-coloured bioengineered transhumans mining Mars to terraform it for their gold masters. A recommended read. But sticking with the smaller guys and helping them out, I want to talk about Mythic Table and its Kickstarter. Mythic Table is not just a free virtual tabletop, it's an open source one. And the Kickstarter gives you lifelong discounts at their partners, like the Open Game Network and World Anvil, as rewards. I've backed it. I backed it because lifelong discounts are precious and because I think an open source VTT would be great for the hobby as a whole. Imagine running an online TTRPG convention with an API available that lets publishers connect their latest material into your virtual tabletop demo space. That's the sort of territory we're getting into with Mythic Table. Now, I'm not against real tables, the stuff of wood, plastic and metal. You need those to put your battery packs and expensive gaming minis on. And WizKids have a candidate for that honour in the colossal shape of Tiamat, the Queen of Dragons. This D&D mini is 73 centimetres wide, which is nearly three quarters of a metre and 42 centimetres long. WizKids want you to treat her as a gaming mini and place her on your battle mat so she towers over your party's minis. If anyone does this, please send me a photograph. And okay, as we enter the podcast's final segment, let's look at ways to maybe save money. I mean, how else are we going to afford to back all our favourite virtual tabletops and metre-long dragon models? Here's how you can get a free Conan story. Spend over $25 on a print product at Goodman Games while stock lasts. The DCC publisher usually sells these vintage novels from their convention stands, so maybe they've built up a bit of a surplus. There's been no shortage of bundles either this week, but two to highlight are the TTRPG and Computer RPG crossover at Fanatical, and the Tales from the Loop Corolla Steel at the Bundle of Holding. Fanatical, now part of fandom, is selling computer games like Battletech and Shadowrun, along with other Paradox games. The Free League deal at the Bundle of Holding has the core rules for the Sci-Fi Corollas RPG in the starter collection, along with some supplements, and the Tales from the Loop core rules in the bonus. And there's a second deal. 
in the Corollas Loop 2 deal, you get more Corollas goodies in the primary collection and things from the Flood in the bonus collection. And to finish up, I did say I would remind you about the latest Geek Native competition. And that's for Adler, Volume 1. Irene Adler is the American woman who was a foil for Sherlock Holmes in the novels and then appears pretty much in every derivative work after. She has her own comic book series, which is a bit like the Extraordinary League of Gentlewomen, and the first episodes are bundled together to make Volume 1. I have a physical copy to give away and shipping lined up for the United States or the United Kingdom. And on that note, let's wrap it there, so please keep safe and pop into the Discord server if you fancy a chat. And we'll see you next week.